I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all got to start, start appreciating. And you got to stop disrespecting this man. You got AJ Brown, who's a legit number one. And you got Julio, who's a legit number one. One of them dudes got to get double teamed. Who going to get double teamed? And whoever gets double teamed, the other one gets the ball. I'm saying this with no pun intended, but full of pride. Ladies and gentlemen, good good Monday, good Monday as always. It's your boy Pride. Welcome to another episode of the Pride for Takes podcast. We got a big one. We're going to chat some NBA postseason. And is everyone really taking this a little too serious? We're going to catch up with the MLB with the postseason. And uh, we're going to recap a little bit of Sunday. But first and foremost, down goes the bronze bomber. And what everyone is saying is arguably probably one of the best fights in heavyweight history. I'm not going up. I'm not barking up that tree, but a lot of people are. Five knockdowns total. Five. It, this was a slobber knocker, as the children would say. It was there was full of drama, full of action. But now, obviously, Tyson got the got the KO win. Where did each go fire to go from here? Now, first and foremost, to quote the great Nate Diaz, and hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. This guy, Wilder, had no chance whatsoever, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even, it, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even a debate. Look, everyone knew that Wilder could knock down Tyson. We, we all knew that. We knew Tyson Fury was going to get knocked down. Everyone knew that. Here was the, here was the million dollar question that, frankly, nobody wanted to talk about. Can he keep him down? And no, he couldn't keep him down. The first fight, I, I've, I've said all this Friday. The first fight, he threw the best punch, arguably, of his career. And Tyson got up like he was the Undertaker. The instant I saw that, and I'm, I'm on record saying this and I believe it. If they fight 10 times, Tyson's winning 11. He took the best shot. Now, I will give it to Wilder. He tried to come out and be technical, which, again, the jabs he was throwing really... You can tell he really wasn't working on it too much. You can tell it kind of was last second. Oh, wait, let's add this in the game. Round four, he was drained. He was exhausted. And Fury was just like, yo, this, this, is, this, is, this is a joke. I'm chilling. Like, this, this means nothing to me. He went, did his thing. No surprise whatsoever. None at all. Like I said, Fury, uh, Wilder had no chance whatsoever. None. Because, again, he hit him with his best shot in the first fight, and he got up. If you can't replicate that same shot, I don't want to hear it. And for all the love that, that Wilder is getting for being a power puncher, we almost forget Tyson Fury got dynamite, too. Like, he got dynamite in his hands, too. So it's, it was very weird to all of a sudden pretend and act like Wilder was the only one who had power. Knowing damn well, Fury... Put his lights out in the second fight. And everyone, everybody wanted to forget about that. Obviously, for Tyson, he wants Anthony Joshua. Is he going to get him now? I don't know because Alexander ended up beating Joshua. So that's going to throw a little wrinkle. This is what I would propose. And I feel like this will be a kind of a, a kind of neat little thing. Dillian White needs a fight. Ha match him up with Fury. Let him fight. The winner of that... Fights the winner of the rematch versus Alexander and Anthony Joshua. 
That's what I would do. Look, it would make no sense for Anthony Joshua to fight Tyson Fury, even though that's the fight Fury wants. It would make no sense for for jo uh, um, Anthony Joshua to forget that he he lost his belt. Like, it would be stupid and idiotic for him to just kind of let's ignore it. It didn't happen. To go to Fury, it, 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 that wouldn't make any sense. So obviously, the next fight should be a rematch between them. And let's give Tyson Fury something to do. Have him fight White. And again, the winner fight the winner of each fight fights each other. I feel like that's pretty much pretty much dealt with. Deontay Wilder. A lot of people are saying we need to see him. We need to see him against big fights, big prize fights. If you're one of those people, you're an idiot. Let me explain. The top people he has to fight. A lot of people are saying that they want him to fight what to fight uh, White. Some people want him to fight Usyk. Some people want him to fight Anthony Joshua. Why are we going to reward a guy who lost to Tyson twice? At some point, shouldn't we make him, I don't know, rebuild, recline? Isn't, isn't that something we need to do? This is, this is, if I'm a part of Deontay Wilder's team, this is what I do. Yo, Wilder, we're disappearing for, for about a year, maybe a year and a half. We're going to go away. Now, this isn't to say that, you know, it's because we're trash or... No, we're going to go away. And while we're away, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that we get your technical fighting to a point where we're comfortable with. His corner messed up. Um, they messed up. Past the sixth round, his the guy, his corner man is telling him, you got, you know, you've got something. God, you got blessed with power. Use it. That's not what you're supposed to be saying to him. That's not. That is the exact. That's the antithesis. An antithesis of what you're supposed to be telling him. Because that's that's how he tried to fight the second the the second fight, and he got mollywhopped to an oblivion. So why are we then going to tell him the same thing? Especially when all of a sudden, they it was like, yeah, you know. Wilder, he's more technical now. What? What? If I know, but the only technical thing he was going out for a technical knockout, he was trying to get technically knocked out. That's the only technical thing I saw in that fight. So to now all of a sudden pretend, oh yeah, but no, you can't. You can't tell me that this guy that you want this guy to be technical, and then in the same breath, all of a sudden tell him, hey yo, remember how we said we're not gonna do that? that we're not going to start swinging for the fences. Yeah, swing for the fences. What that? That doesn't make any sense. It's like, what, what are what are we missing? We're missing a piece. So, person to me, I I don't understand that. They're all gonna have to come to a consensus. We're either a gonna try to make this guy tangle, or b it is what it is, and we're we should expect maybe a couple more losses down the road. That's really the only thing. If I'm part of this team, Wilder, we're out for a year. He's he's 35, so him taking a year off wouldn't be too wild. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be out the wrong possibility. I would have him take a year off. Have him chill out while we're while he's gone. He's not forgetting about boxing. We're gonna make sure we get your your technical all the technical aspects of the fight to a part where yeah you won't be an expert but you'll be more comfortable. And some of the te the technical aspects, ring awareness, ring positioning, angles. Not only punching angles but also every time Fury 
would he would get charge him and put Fury in a corner, and then in literally a second, Fury would do one move and rotate all of a sudden. Wilder's on the ropes, and instead of trying to get out of it, he would all of a sudden he would try to back out and try to play the ropes and try to play corner. It's like you shouldn't be doing that. You should that that that's not you. You shouldn't be doing that. So I would work with him, and when he comes back and he's ready, let's give him a fight that, frankly, you can use some of that t- the 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 stuff you learned on. Prime example: Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz has been living comfortably comfortably after he knocked out Joshua. He's been living his best life, and he's is going to sound disrespectful, but he's still leeching off that win. He's still leeching off it. At some point, you got to put him back in the ring and figure out, like, yo, yo Ruiz, bro, are, are you are you legit, or was that, was that a fluke? So at this point, Wilder should take a year off. Relax, bro. you know, just boost out all this stuff. Make sure he gets everything together. Learn a little bit from the tackle side. Then after that, boom. Now let's put him in with Andy Ruiz. Let's now learn. Because, again, Andy Ruiz, he's not the most tackle, technical fighter in the world. So it kind of gives them a little training fight, right? Because now it's a legit fight, and you can be like, all right, bro, we got to be technical. You know, we got to be technical. Another thing Wilder needs to learn in his whole year off Composure. There were multiple times where he hit why uh, he hit Fury. Fury was not hurt. Fury with Philly he go, oh, okay. Let me back up. And in Deontay's mind, he goes, Oh, I hurt him. And then he'll charge. He'll throw seven shots. Get connect one, a solid connection on one. The one of them would graze, so that's two. And then the other five, he's completely missing, but he's putting everything he has into it. You're making yourself tired. You're draining yourself. And it's kind of funny. Tyson can't win. He, this is the heaviest he's ever been. And those same people are ignoring the fact that this is the heaviest Deontay Wilder has ever fought as well. Deontay Wilder needs to go home. He needs to take some time. He needs to, I'm not going to say reinvent himself, but he needs to add something. He Right now, he's a one-trick pony. Like I said Friday, when you go to the fair and you see that pony do a backflip, it's cool. After five backflips, you're going to be like, <sighs> I don't know, jump through a ring of fire or something? You're going to want more. Wilder can't bring that right now. He needs some time to relax. Tyson, he's probably, he wants Joshua. I doubt he'll he'll walk away until he can fight Joshua. Um, that's a fight that, frankly, I, I kind of do want to see. That would have been the next fight had Anthony Joshua beat Alexander. But, you know, for some reason, he decided to lose. I don't know why. But uh, so that's going to have to be the next one. Wilder, go home, take a break because you're not you're not a trash fighter. Like, you, you know, I mean, he's not a boxer. He's a puncher. You're not bad at that. But in in a world where Tyson Fury is a heavyweight and my guy's bouncing around the ring like a bantamweight, he's got a tough chin. So once you start facing those, those top elite guys, just being a puncher isn't always going to cut it. You kind of got to add an extra dimension to your game. And I feel like a year off for Wilder would help not only physically, 
but mentally. It'll help him get over it. So when he comes back, goes, you know what? I lost. It is what it is. I just don't want to hear no excuses at this point. I don't. I, I, I just want him to come out and say, you know what? It is what it is. I took an L. Whatever. Let's go back to the drawing board. That's it. You don't got to give me no elaborate. He's a good man. I'll take him out to dinner. No, 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 no. If you don't, if you don't want to be friends with him, because that's that's kind of Deontay Wilder's thing. We're not friends, you know. Which it's fine. Just, just say you know what? I lost. Holding that L. Let's go back to the drawing board. We gonna re, you know, we gonna figure some stuff out, and then we'll have we'll have that. So it's again. This isn't this isn't the end for Deontay Wilder. It's not the end, but I will say this: it is a very crucial. Um, it's a pivotal point in his career because a lot of people are kind of looking at him different, losing twice to Fury, which as, as a guy who watches boxing, there's no shame in losing to, to Tyson Fury. I'm not really mad about him losing to Fury. I'm just more upset that we were told we were going to see this progression in this fight game. And we didn't really, it, it wasn't as much as people wanted it to be. Like I thought I was going to, we were going to see a little more technical, I thought we were going to see him, you know, if he had him hurt, he would try to go. But I thought I would see some composure, and we didn't really see that. So I'm not really mad that he lost. I'm just mad more along the fact that, bro, don't don't tell me I'm going to get Floyd Mayweather, and all of a sudden I'm looking at a kid who's boxing at, at like, the basement of a YMCA, never fought a day in his life, you know what I mean, just got out of a car accident, finished surgery, so now he's starting to relearn how to walk. Don't, don't give me that poo-pooness. That's it. But in terms of those two, two very different directions, by the way, if you're calling for a fourth fight, you're an idiot. I'm just throwing that out there. Deontay Wilder should never forget fighting him. Deontay Wilder should never mention Tyson Fury's name again. He should just shut his mouth and say, you know what? If they ask him anything about Tyson Fury, just be like, shrug your shoulders. Be be an emoji because you're going to talk again. Mm -mm. Don't, Don't do that. Don't do that. Preseason basketball is here. Speaking of morons, um, Russ kind of been bad, for lack of a better term. The Bulls are, you know, all of a sudden the Bulls can win the title. It's just ridiculous. Here's the million-dollar question. Why on God's green earth are we taking the preseason and the NBA this seriously? If I'm missing something... Inform me. Because, look, I'll be honest. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I admit it. When it comes to sports, I, I feel like I do know a lot, right? But if I'm missing something, I'm not the type of guy that would be mad. I, I, I enjoy learning. I enjoy learning. But this is something that's been really bef- befuddling me. Russ is a turnover machine. He's led the league in turnovers four years. And then another in another four, he was in the top five. Why are we confused that he's turning the ball over? This is this is this is Russ. And again, I am a guy. Do I believe that the Lakers are gonna win the title? No. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't think so. Um I just think I, I don't think it's gonna work. I, I genuinely don't, right? And there are other people who think the same. Where I start honestly starting to root for the Lakers is when people look at a preseason game, a preseason game, and go, this is why they won't win. 
a preseason game that all of a sudden like, yep, this is this is this is why they're not gonna win. At what point do do people have some self-awareness? At what point? It is a preseason game. Russ is new to, to this team. He's never never played with LeBron outside of All-Star games. He's never played with LeBron. And, and even, even throwing the All-Star game, that's still not enough time to get used to a guy. He's never played alongside LeBron. He's never played alongside Anthony Davis. The only other person that he's played alongside is who? Melo? And, at the, and it's like... Like, there's big three that they're trying to push is LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, right? So, I don't understand why Russ, you know, had some turnovers. He had some bad games. Why is all of a sudden a preseason game the determining factor when I was told that Christmas Day is supposedly when, you know, that's when, like, the NF, the NBA regular season starts forming, and that's when, you know, guys usually hit, hit you know, Start hitting the floor and start running. At what point do we sit down and realize? And then the Bulls all of a sudden is like, oh, my God, Zach Levine, he's, he's, a, he's a top 10 player. DeMar DeRozan is phenomenal. It's like, Lonzo Ball is great. It's like, bro, it's a regular season game. Like, no, no I'm sorry, this is, this is a preseason game. Talking about practice. As we talk, we talk about practice. To quote, to quote Allen Iverson, not the game. We're talking about practice. Because that's not the preseason. It's glorified practice. I don't care what anybody says. It's glorified practice. It's just insane to me. Right now, Tyler Hero leads the preseason with twenty about 25 points per game. I'm saying one more time. Tyler Hero... Leads the same guy who last year everyone was like, oh, yeah, it was just a bubble that made him, you know, be all tough, right? It was just a bubble, right? He's leading, and now all of a sudden, that matters. If you want to say a regular season game, fine, I won't argue. If you want to pick, um, if you want to, if you want to pick a specific game, let's say you want to pick a November 23rd game, so be it. The day you come up to me saying, a preseason game is what is determining whether or not a team will fail or succeed. Do me a favor. Whatever device you use to watch the game, I want you to pick it up. I want you to go near a window, open it. If you can't open it, don't worry about it. Whatever device you have, I want you as hard as you can to throw it at said window. The window will break, so be it. Their device should hopefully break because you do not deserve to watch sports at all. It's a preseason game and everyone's hyping it up like they'll like, bro, playoffs are around the corner. Bro, the regular season is barely around the corner. What are you talking about? Like, now, all of a sudden, all these people are, again, determining off a preseason game. A game, like, like, these are games that, frankly, the only reason. The guys really come in the game is just to relax. They're kind of just trying to get the, you know, they're just trying to get a feel for it again. They just BSing it. They're just BSing. They're cooling. The only kids who are stressing it, who are sweating like animals, like, oh my God, we, we got to get turned. 
The only ones who really care about it like that are the guys who are trying to vie for important minutes, right? Like if I'm like the seventh, like, you know, the, the eighth guy coming off the bench, right? I want to try to do something where I can get moved up to maybe I'm the seventh, maybe even the sixth man. That's who sweats in these type of games. When you got established guys already, who are who they are? Why are they going to – LeBron LeBron even said it. He was like, I try more in practice than I do in the preseason. And he, he's re, I don't blame him. A lot of players feel like that. A lot of players tend to just be like, you know what, hey, we'll show up, do our thing, and that's it. Because it's the preseason. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It genuinely doesn't matter at all. So it, it, it's just very perplexing. It's very confusing. I don't understand where all this, this notion that oh my goodness, you know they're they're so great. I, I don't. I genuinely don't understand it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not sure why people are all of a sudden feeling like a preseason matters when if in the preseason, let's say, let's say in the NFL preseason, the Chiefs lost. Uh, the Chiefs lost to the Jets. Does anyone care? No, because it's preseason. So why is buying basketball is it different? I just never, I never fully understood that. I, it, it, to me, like I said, it's perplexing. If you're telling me that the reason they're not going to succeed is because of a preseason game, I, 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 I tend not to listen to you anymore because that's just that's craziness. And there's just no other way about it. Speaking of craziness, Boston in a long game beat Tampa after what many are calling a controversial call. It took extra innings. They're up 2-1. Million dollar question. Can this team beat, beat the Rays, clean it up, move on to the next one? And if they do, who are we going to see? Are we going to see the White Sox or are we going to see the Astros? So, first and foremost, before I forget, the Atlanta Braves, they played earlier today um, against the uh, the Brewers. Um, they won, so now they lead the Brewers 2-1. Just want to throw that out there. Do I think we're going to clean it up? Clean it up. First and foremost, Nick Prevetta, not all heroes were capes. But for you, I'll buy you one. This guy came out in a relief appearance, four scoreless, and he was really hyping them up. The thing about the Red Sox, they need to keep the energy high. They need to keep the energy high, especially when your pitcher, which, again, the pitching is what's struggling. You know, like I I, I said this before, offensively, I believe we can hang with every any team in the MLB. I genuinely do. When it comes to... The pitching is where I get nervous. When you have your one of your pitchers not only giving you good production because he got four scoreless, he ended up getting accredited with the win. Not only was he doing that, but he's out here screaming and ramping up and riling up the dugout. You can't lose a game like that. Elephant in the room, that controversial call. Everyone's, you know, that everyone who says, you know, oh my God, it's cheating. There's actually, believe it or not, a rule. There's actually a rule. 
And I'm going to read that rule verbatim. Rule 5.05A8, any bounding fair ball is deflected by the field by the fielder into the stands or over or under a fence on fair or foul territory, in which case the batter and all runners shall be entitled to two, to advance two bases. In layman's terms, if the ball bounces on the floor and then hits a fielder, just like it was all with Hunter Renfro, and then goes out of play, that is the equivalent of a ground rule double. That's the equivalent. That's the equivalent. Whether or not you want to agree or disagree, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether or not you agree with it, whether or not you think it's uh, it's fair, doesn't matter. It's the rule. They got it right. And even so, let's say, because a lot of people say, oh, they should have given him third. If he scores, they get the lead. We go up. Christian Vasquez hit a two-run homer. So to, to say by proxy that them doing that would have would have automatically tossed the game is I like, know because there's still a chance he hits that two-run home run. But you know, let's just get that one out the way. There's no, there's no people want to make it controversial. It's no big deal. It's it's really not. I I don't understand why people are upset about it. Well, I know why. They're upset because you know. Tampa, mostly Tampa, because because they're just mad they took the L. That's it. That's really all it comes down to. So updating on everything that's going on. Obviously, Red Sox we lead the race two one. Um, Houston Astros and Chicago White Sox. Um, Astros lead two one. Um, Chicago just um, Chicago won to you know stave off elimination. Um, Giants and Dodgers tied at one. And like I said, the Brewers um, lost to the Braves. So now the Braves lead to one. I genuinely believe we'll, we'll be able to win. I believe that we'll be able to finish this up in uh, in Tampa because the next games are in Tampa. I, I believe I believe we'll finish it. Um, and then after that, I expect us to play Houston. Um, this Houston uh, – excuse me, this Houston series, if we end up getting there, it's going to be very offensive, offense heavy. That's how I feel. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, like I said, I genuinely believe um, if we if we win, we have a chance. I'm giving us a chance. San Francisco and Dodgers scare me, but again, Offensively, I feel like we can hang hang with any any team. Doesn't matter. I feel like we can hang with any team whatsoever. NFL Madness is coming gone. Week five. It, it, it was a crazy week five. Really was. There was a lot of games that kind of took me in for a loop. There's some injuries. With all of that happening, three crucial takeaways. From, dare I say, what a lot of people are calling a very, very pivotal week five. So first and foremost, one thing that I don't think a lot of people truly understand. um, Mike Evans doesn't have to be Mike Evans for Tampa to win. When you look at this 
Not to say that Mike Evans had a horrible game. I don't, I'm not trying to say that. But Antonio Brown went off. And if, if you actually looked at it, this because this has been a, a very common theme with the Buccaneers. If someone gets hot, they follow the hot hand. And it doesn't matter who it is. We've seen games where Mike Evans goes, goes crazy. We've seen games where Chris Godwin has gone nuts. We have seen games where A.B. looks like A.B. Of, from the, his Pittsburgh days. There's times we, it looks like prime Gronkowski is on the field. So a lot of people are kind of trying to poo-poo on, on Mike Evans. And it's like, well, sometimes, let's, let's be honest, there's times that he doesn't, they, they don't really need to utilize, utilize him like that. Because, again, they look for, okay, defensive mismatches. And on top of that, who can get me the win? That's what we're here for at the end of the day. Who can, who can get us the win? And if if the hot hand can get us the win, great. If the mismatch gets us the win, so be it. But they don't really mind who gets the touches. As long as the touches are being caught, as long as the touches are, you know, at the end of the day, are being cashed into points. That's all they care about, which I don't blame them. So one takeaway, definitely without a shadow of a doubt, when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans not having a stellar game does not necessarily mean he's trash. Number two, and this one hurts for me. This one really does as a guy who... That's a fan. Maybe Sam Darnold is not that guy. Maybe, just maybe, he had some responsibility for what happened in New York. I mean, I, again, I'm, and this hurts to say because I genuinely, 100%, and I've been on record saying this before, I am a massive, massive, massive fan. Of Sam Darnold. Um, he threw three picks, which oof, he missed a lot of passes. Um, passes that, frankly, he shouldn't be missing. There are passes that, honestly, and again, I'm not trying to poo poo on him, but there are passes that, frankly, he should have, he could have, should have connected. He only, he only had, he threw for 50, about 56% on 31 attempts. And, you know, when when he can plant his foot, he looks great. But what I saw is when he felt the pressure and he had to, like, you know, ad-lib something or he had to create something happen, he looked uncomfortable. He looked, eh. You know, he looked very, like, out of place. And now it's starting to look like maybe he's another quarterback that I can't believe I'm saying this needs everything to be perfect. Like he's not a guy who can step up and be like, okay, you know, I can, you know, in, in face of, you know, controversy, things aren't looking good. Come on. I, I get on my back. I can take us to the promised land. And it's a shame. It really is considering I genuinely believe. And I still, I, I'm not giving up on him. But I think maybe we should, you know, probably start getting ready to admit maybe Sam Darnold isn't that guy. Number three, and honestly, this is the one that 
a lot of believe it or not, a lot of people aren't really caring for this one. The Bills, they're a legit contender. They're a legit contender. And I understand it's a week five matchup. But again, this was a matchup that frankly, you know, they had to they had to make a statement offensively and defensively. Offensively, they had to prove that they could hang with them. Um, defensively, they did their thing. You know, there was, you know, they, they, Mike Hyde had a beautiful pick six. And, you know, and it's crazy because if you really watch the game, I don't remember seeing that many blitzes, which a lot of people thought, hey, you know, if you blitz Patrick Mahomes, maybe it'll be. I don't, I don't, I don't think they blitzed. And if they did, it was very, very low. They kind of did what the, what the Buccaneers did in the Super Bowl, where they were like, look, man, it is what it is. You're not, you know, we're chilling. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It really is interesting to see that a lot of people thought the, the, the way to stop him is, Blitz, 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 be fast, be fast, make them make them get rid of the ball quick. Now it's starting to turn and say, if we just let's give them all the time in the world, let's see if that works. And it's it's been working. It it's been working. So a lot of people are now saying Patrick Mahomes is not that guy anymore, which again, that's not a conversation I'm gonna dive into right now. But a couple honorable mentions. Um, number one. Um, the Eagles, you guys should be happy. Um, if anybody is still questioning why they drafted Jalen Hurts, you're an idiot. Um, okay, I'm, I've been on this. I've been saying this for a while now. Would Jalen Hurts right here, right now, be an elite quarterback? No, he won't. He's a project. But a lot of quarterbacks are projects. The problem that everyone is having is, as soon as they get into the league, see, people have been spoiled with Deshaun Watson's. They've been spoiled with Patrick Mahomes. They've been spoiled with guys who, as soon as they step on the field, boom, they got it like that. They've been spoiled with that. That's not how it usually goes, though. That's not. A lot of times it's like a Tom Brady type career. Sometimes it's an Aaron Rodgers type of career. I mean, it's just guys that show up and you see the progression year through by year by year by year. It's they don't just automatically step on the floor on, on the field and all of a sudden they're breaking records and all of a sudden they're flinging the ball and everything is that's not how it goes. A lot of times guys, you know, they go from one year, okay, what did we learn this year? Okay, let's whatever everything we learned from your first year. Let's now bring that to your second year. Okay, what did you learn your second year? Okay, so now what you learn in your first and second year? Now let's bring this to the third year. Now let's add some improvision in there so that way we can try to see some things that can happen. And to, to all the people saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's, he's horrible, you know, and he'll never be good. He's not, first of all, he's not horrible. That's one. And two, a lot of quarterbacks are projects. That's just how it is. And to, for a lot of people to just pretend that, they're not is ridiculous. Um, another honorable mention, the Chargers are legit. They are for real, and they're winning the division. 
I, I right as as everything is going currently right now, I think they I think they have a legit chance of winning the division. With that being said, they shouldn't be favored over the Chiefs in the playoffs because there have been a lot of again wild card teams. They some they they can they can win it. So it's it's not like if I'm not saying the last seven um uh in the last uh, I believe fifteen years, seven teams that won the Super Bowl. So a little under half have been wild card teams. Most recent last year, the Buccaneers were a wild card team. So I'm not gonna say that they're Super Bowl bound, but the, the way they're playing, they're making good moves. They're being smart. Their defense is solid. They're trusting Justin Herbert, which in begin the beginning people were like, "Ah, eh, that might be a mistake," but now nah, honestly, it's not becoming a mistake at all. This kid is legit, and I'm 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 a huge fan of him. So uh, to recap, Rams beat Seattle. Um, by the way, Seattle's not making the, the playoffs because Russ is going to be out. So you can just get them out of there. Um, Falcons beat the Jets in a horrible game. Um, thank God I didn't watch that one. Uh, Patriots, Mac Jones, the greatest quarterback to ever got through the earth. Uh, we end up being the Texans, so 25-22. Vikings over Lions, Eagles over Panthers, Saints over Washington football team. Titans beat the Jagger, uh, Jaguars. Buccaneers dominated the Dolphins. The Packers barely squeaked out a win against the Bengals. Steelers over Broncos. Bears over Raiders, which surprised me. Not even going to lie. Um, it's – I don't want to say that it was it was like a horrible game or anything like that, but I think now it's time for us to, to you know, chill off on the Raiders a little bit because this is a team that should have won. Uh, this is a game they should have won. Um, the fact that they weren't even put, be able to put up double digits was a very questionable thing. Um, Darren Waller really didn't have that impactful of a game. Um, and people are blaming Derek Carr. Look, I feel like there's enough blame to go around. It's a shame. really is. But like the children say in the streets, it is what it is. Chargers just won a phenomenal shootout against the Browns. Um, Cowboys beat the Giants. And Cardinals won a very low-scoring game against the Niners, which kind of surprised me. But it showed that, you know, if things don't go their way, they can still pull out a win. Um, Bills, obviously, over Chiefs. Colts-Ravens. Sorry about that. But Colts-Ravens, that's a game that it's, it's interesting because – um, I saw this post and they were asking, you know, it's kind of funny. They were asking, what do you need to win? And one guy said, I need Carson Wentz to look, to basically play like it was his MVP year. But at the same time, I need the Ravens defense to make him look like Blake Bortles. And it's kind of funny because, you know, either one could really happen. It really can. Either one could really happen. Um, you know, with this, this, they're injured. The Ravens defense is injured, so they have an opportunity. You know, as well as I said, they have the opportunity. So I'm going for the upset. I got Colts. Um, a lot of people think the Ravens are going to run it to oblivion. Let's see what happens. I have the Colts. I genuinely, I think Jonathan Taylor will have a, a, a nice game. I think now we're going to start seeing Carson Wentz be more comfortable and start playing and. You know, 
we'll see him take calculated risks. Because the thing about Carson Wentz, you can't minimize him. You can't. Like, he's a phenomenal talent. And if he wants to risk something, it's okay to do that occasionally. But if he can do, if he can learn how to take calculated risks, I think he can go back to that quarterback he was his, his almost MVP year. But again, can he do that? I say yes. I'm 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 putting faith in him. Um, and I think this is the beginning of it. I think you're gonna we're gonna see a Carson Wentz who's gonna come out and say, you know what? I'm balling out, I'm chilling, I'm living my best life. I ain't worried about these suckers. That's what we're gonna see from him. And I I genuinely think they'll get the they'll, they'll get the win. I don't think it's gonna be anything dominating. I think it's really gonna come down to about four or five plays. Um, that Carson Wentz makes, that's basically like the calculated risks where it's like, you know what, we got to make it happen regardless of how it looks. Uh, no matter if the situation is dire, there's going to be times when we need to risk it. And as long as he's not risking it every other play, the Colts will be in, will, will have a legit opportunity. Unfortunately, whether or not that could happen, I, I don't know. I'm hoping because again, I'm a fan of Carson Wentz. I I genuinely believe Carson can't get back to that. Like I said, if he can take calculated risks, those risks that, you know, let's go ahead. Let's you know, let's let's we can take the risk if we fail. It is what it is, but we need to make sure that there's just a decent chance we can capitalize on it. And they also need to work on their red zone offense. Like their red zone offense is very questionable, which is a shame because when you have a guy. Um, like Carson Wentz, who, you know, doesn't really mind not only going, but on top of that, you have Jonathan Taylor, which I don't know if Jonathan, it's weird because he's so effective until he gets to the red zone, which is very bizarre. That's a very, it's a very weird thing he has. But like I said, I, I'm taking the Colts and I know it's not going to be a very popular opinion, but I, I, I genuinely feel like they have it. I feel like they'll, they'll be okay. It's going to come down to a few plays. As long as the Colts capitalize on it, I think they'll be fine. Follow us on Twitter at Prideful Takes. I, I love being on Twitter. It's the funniest thing in the world. If you guys if you guys want to see anything funny. Oh, by the way, Trey Lance has a sprained knee. Um, and he's, you know, they're going to be keeping an eye on him um, for one or two weeks. There's nothing serious. So what a time to be alive if you're a uh, Niners fan. Follow us on Twitter. Um we put up updates um, regarding the podcast. Uh, we'll eventually, we're going to start doing polls, all that good stuff. Um, catch us on Facebook at Prideful Takes. Um, we go live on Facebook, and we also be putting up memes, and um, I do all my pickums and all that stuff on Facebook. Uh, we're also on YouTube at Prideful Takes. So if you guys don't have Facebook, you can catch a full show live on uh, YouTube. Visit our website, www.pridefultakes.com. Um, not only do we have every episode, every single one of the episodes on the website, but we also have original articles. So you can feel free to go over there and binge read if, you know, anyone still reads nowadays. And I know my face is hit. Like I say all the time, the only reason my girl's with me is because I knocked her up. If not, she probably would have left me. The face is a problem, but that's why we got Spotify. Prideful Takes Podcast. You'll be able to, every episode is there the day after we go live. Thank you for spending some time with your boy. It's been fun. Happy Monday. I'm pretty sure everyone's loving this Monday. Unless you're Deontay Wilder. Like always, appreciate you guys spending some time with your boy. And we'll see you Wednesday right here at 6. I knew where that was going.
That was a great read. Ooh. Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the two on the season. Second and one for the Bills. They handle the rush. Allen looking. It's out. Two to Shohei Otani. Center field. Let's watch it go. Did several of those inside low kicks. Oh.